630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Their fans, um, you know, I don't have social media, so I'm not able to put out a, you know, paragraph or whatever. But, <laughs> but, uh, like I was gonna say, uh, just thank all uh, Toronto, the city, the country. Um, you know, it was a great, amazing season, best parade ever. Uh, thanks to the doctors for, you know, delivering uh, my baby, my baby boy. Uh, He's three months now, still healthy. Uh, I also want to, I also would just want to, um, you know, thank the city as far as the restaurants, um, you know, giving up that Kawhi and dying uh, throughout the playoffs. Uh, took advantage of that. <laughs> uh, you know, the players, they already know what's up. Um, you know, text, FaceTime me, we'll talk. Uh, coaching staff as well. And uh, the whole organization really, uh, just thank the whole city. That is Toronto Raptors legend. And yes, I'm calling him Toronto Raptors legend after one season. Kawhi Leonard thanking Toronto, Canada, the Raptors. He was introduced today. Well, he, he had his press conference, first press conference as a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. Obviously, we've known uh, for a couple weeks that that is where he was signing. His his season with the Raptors will be fondly remembered. Some text to 636-30. Shahid says, my two pennies Eskimos lost last week because the league wants the owners to buy Montreal. Look at two calls, our touchdown and our takeaway. TV didn't show the replay. John says, Reed, if the mathematical equation that represents boxing is 2 plus 2 equals 4, then the one that represents mixed martial arts is E equals MC squared. Boxing is checkers, MMA is chess. It's incredibly scientific and complex, not just a couple of thugs smashing each other. It gets a bad rap sometimes. That is John. Well, John, in a couple of minutes, we will have UFC competitor Felicia Spencer on the show. She is in UFC 240 at Rogers Place on Saturday. Women's featherweight bout against Chris Cyborg. And, of course, the feather uh, the featherweight championship match, the champ Max Holloway taking on Frankie Edgar. That is, uh, well, it's co-main events for uh, for those two at Rogers Place on the weekend. And uh, Vic says, Athabasca is an awesome course. Golfed it 10 years ago. The third hole, par three, you will want to hit three balls from that tee box, one for the green, two just for the memory. Well, Vic, knowing me, I'll be hitting three balls off the tee, one out of bounds, next one out of bounds, then maybe the third one in play. Do you know what type of balls you use, Reed? You're not going to be like, uh, what's his name, taking the double bogey last week at the... Oh, David Duvall? Yeah. When he, yeah. No, I well, I I have to change several times throughout the round because mm. I usually lose, and I don't. I rarely have to buy golf balls because I'm lucky enough. I'll attend the odd tournament where you might get a sleeve or two as a gift. Oh, cool, yeah. And usually, in the course of losing golf balls, you're looking for golf balls and and you find other ones. So I don't play like oh, I play Titleist or oh, I play Top Flight. I look and like okay. I, it, what's funny now is sometimes you find a ball. 
and golfers will have scribbled their initials on it or they'll have the line on it for putting or they'll have a certain symbol so they know it's theirs. So right. people say, what kind of ball are you playing? And I'll be like, oh, it has the, you know, the initials KL on it. And what? Why are you? Well, I, I found it. Now, now I'm using it. So anyway. Uh, all right. You can text 630-630-780-496-0063 is the open line number. And I'm pleased to welcome the show. She's already to go Saturday at Rogers Place for UFC 240 Women's Featherweight Division fighter Felicia Spencer. Felicia, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. How do you feel this part of the week? I, I, I mean, that date's on the calendar and it's far away and it's getting closer and, and now it's right there. You can see it. It's Wednesday. It's on Saturday. How does this time of the preparation process feel for you? It's, you know, I'm really, very, very excited. And, you know, right now there's, there's always something to focus on, you know, throughout fight week. So, you know, the weight cut is a big, you know, a big part of fight week. It's going great. Um, media is a big part of it. You know, everything's just coming together. Uh, so I'm excited to... You know, take in every moment of this week, and uh, like I said, it's, it's finally here. I knew when I signed the contract that it would be here before I knew it, and um, it's been a great camp, and I'm just ready to, to put on a great performance on Saturday. Well, when you get into these final days where it's 72, 48, 24 hours before you're actually fighting, are you at that point more focused on your physical preparation or more focused on your mental preparation? I wonder what the the balance is and and these final couple of days are like in that way. Uh, well, you know, a lot of the, the the fight. I mean, the preparation was the last eight weeks. You know, at this point, it's being healthy, um, cutting weight. You know, to get on the scale on Friday, and then being uh, able to rehydrate from there. So there is a lot of the physical aspect. Um, I do a routine of, you know, after my weight, um, you know, I'll cut weight Friday. Um, I, you know, I'll kind of have a relaxed day that day, you know, have lots of good healthy food, uh, fill me up again. And then, you know, just a lot of this is going to be having a good time. You know, uh, I, I'm very, you know, in my element right now. I feel really comfortable. And uh, just keeping that, keeping that work, keeping that, um, you know, the, the vibe with my team, just having a good time. Saturday, you know, I'll get a little sweat in, maybe in the morning, you know, early afternoon, I'll get a little mini workout, nothing strenuous. You know, at this point, the last eight weeks were strenuous, and now it's just recovery, getting ready for fight night. Um, Staying healthy. Right on. You know, uh, you have you have a great story. Obviously, you're you're Canadian, so all the fans are going to love you for that, right, <laughs> right off the bat. But you know, I, I want to ask you this question, Felicia. And as you know, we talk a lot about hockey in this city and in this country. And every NHL player has that memory of the first time he had skates on or played on the pond or the outdoor rink. I'm wondering if you have something, even maybe when you were younger, where you can go back and say, you know what? That kind of started me on this path, even though you probably didn't know it at the time. Do you, do you have a moment where you were younger where you think, you know what, this this probably set me off towards one day being in UFC? Um, you know, there's a, a lot of different events that, that kind of led me here. Uh, in case people don't know, I started training Taekwondo when I was four years old. So that would be the, the catalyst from the beginning. Uh, a lifetime of martial arts has, you know, brought me to different styles, different coaches, uh, you know, amazing teams behind me all the time. Um, I, the, you know, the moment that I turned from being just a pure martial artist, you know, with 
just enjoying training, not really um, doing more than just grappling tournaments. Uh, was when I came to Orlando. When, you know, just as a background, also I was born in Montreal. Uh, my family moved when I was young to Florida, so I, I was mostly raised in, in Florida, Southwest Florida. And I'm training right now out of Orlando. I moved here about 10 years ago to, to go to university. Um, from there, when I moved about when I was 18, that's when I uh, changed my gym. You know, new city, new gym, and that's when I started to all kind of come together. You know, putting all the different styles together and doing MMA. You know, mixed martial arts all together, and then that's when the possibility of me becoming a fighter was born. I guess you know, from there, uh, from that moment when I got to the jungle in Orlando. Okay, I, I just got to go back to something, Felicia. Uh, taekwondo when you were four years old. That strikes me as a decision you didn't necessarily make yourself. Maybe, maybe, maybe someone else in your life uh, uh, helped you get into that. Who, who was that? What was the influence? Absolutely. Oh, my parents, you know, and it was a lot to do with, uh, I had two older brothers that did it with me. Um, they, you know, they, they find a lot of value in martial arts and uh, they wanted to paint a not only to keep us, you know, something active to keep us busy, but it was also just something to bond, you know, to, for us to, to do as a unit together. Um, and, you know, it was uh, from there, you know, they, they kind of stopped as they got older. They found other passions uh, that they found, but my passion for martial arts never left, and it, it just grew uh, the more I got older. So, you know, after a while, I started to teach. I was 12 years old teaching kids and adult classes. So it was, uh, you know, definitely something that I... Uh, was started off with from my parents, but it was definitely like my decision how how far deep I got into it. You know, hours a day and as the dojo, you know, just uh, growing and, and sticking with it <laughs> definitely came from from my my young mind when I was you know early teens. <laughs> Felicia Spencer joining us on Inside Sports. You will see her at Rogers Place on uh, Saturday taking on Chris Cyborg in the co-main event at UFC 240. I, I, I read an article where, where you were quoted as, as saying, and, I, and I, hope it's, I, I, hope, I hope it's accurate, but that, that maybe uh, you weren't necessarily expecting this opportunity, that things have developed uh, kind of quickly. Can you kind of give us, give us your perspective on that? Have you even maybe uh, surprised yourself with, with how well you've shot up the ranks in UFC? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. Um, basically, you know, my mentality uh, from years ago, you know, is to get to the top as fast as I can. And kind of the game plan I had, um, I was just talking to someone about it. You know, in, when I was fighting in Invicta, which is the you know, promotion I was fighting in before the UFC, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to fight, uh, fight for the title. I'm going to get signed to the UFC. You know, and then right there, there's not many females in my division, so I'm going to be get, getting to the top of my division soon. So it's been kind of the plan, but I almost didn't expect the plan to play out. You know, when does a plan play out exactly like you hoped, you know? So so it was just one of those things where, yes, that was my plan. I, um, I'm not really surprised that it happened, but I almost kind of didn't expect, <laughs> expect it because I didn't want to, you know, not get there and be bummed about it. I, I kind of, I tend to go into things with low expectations and uh, then I'm always very happy with the outcome. <laughs> so it's definitely, uh, I'm definitely ready for it and uh, plan to be here just, um, maybe didn't think it would all come to fruition the way it did. I, I got to ask you this. Look, you, 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 you're in a combat sport, and you're going to get hit. For some people, that eventually makes them lose interest in the sport, but the, the tough ones uh, keep going. When did you realize 
you you had that willingness to uh, take some abuse, you know, be be a little bit at risk uh, to, to to keep you going. You know, you know what I'm getting at because what's the old phrase? Everybody thinks they can be a great boxer until the first time they get punched, right? So, so where where where, where does that uh, drive come from for you? You know, honestly, uh, thinking back when I was uh, still a teenager and I was, I tried like you know boxing, and, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't like getting hit in the head so much. Like Taekwondo, we kick the head, but you know, get used to it. Or I don't, I mean, I feel like I've been pretty resilient my whole life. But uh, when I moved to the jungle when I was 18, and then started to do those, you know, Muay Thai classes, kickboxing, and MMA. And I realized that the team I had was what made me comfortable with it. You know, I had great coaches, uh, a great team behind me. Um, of course, things have, have also evolved over the years with training, you know, and we trained smart, uh, especially over over the years we've, as a gym evolved also, you know, hopefully with a lot of other gyms, to going, you know, a little bit smarter with sparring, that kind of thing. And, um you know, for me, if I ever felt like my health was starting to be at risk more than 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 the standard, you know, fighter, then I would definitely be, you know, careful with um, with my career. And I'm definitely one where, you know, honestly, if I didn't believe wholeheartedly that I could be the champion, um, I probably wouldn't do it at all. I, I wouldn't. I don't want to just dabble. You know, I don't want to just be one of the fighters on their roster. I know that's great for some people, but for me. I feel like um, it's not worth the health risk if I'm not going to be the best. So I'm, I'm only doing this to be the best. And if I, you know, if I can't be, then it's, you know, that's pretty much it. <laughs> so, well, well, well um, said. Yeah. Well, I can't say like I'm not saying that, I'm not saying I'm going to retire if I lose ever, you know. But I'm just saying that if I didn't really believe that I had it in me to be the best, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have put my body through all this. Okay, well, and your next step in proving that, like we said, Saturday. You should talk a little bit about what's coming up. You're taking on Chris Cyborg. Give us a bit of a, a scouting report here, maybe uh, your styles and, and, and what fans going on Saturday can expect from the boat. Absolutely. So Chris Cyborg, if you don't know, is a legend in MMA. You know, she's, she's the face of the featherweight division. She's been very dominant for many, many years. Um, she did just have her first loss for about 13 years in December. Uh, so, but honestly, it was a very quick fight. I don't draw much from that fight. I draw from her, whole, you know, her entire career. Uh, she's very well known, and I'm kind of the new face. But I'm going to become the new face of the division when I get to beat her. And she, she, she comes in with uh, a more aggressive, you know, style fighter. She's very high. You know, she, she can be very high paced and aggressive. Um, her intimidation factor, I think, has played into a lot of her fights with, uh, you know, the people have called her the scariest woman in the world, that kind of thing. And for me, that my mindset is, is different, and she's a human being, and uh, just like every other human I fought, I'll find a way to be here. Uh, so I feel like I'm pretty composed. You know, I, I'm comfortable standing, um, you know, wrestling, and, and the ground is where a lot of people, a lot of fans know my strength. Um, so my, the trend in, in my fights, I've had three rear chokes in a row. So um, it's not like the game plan just to go straight for that, but it is a trend that uh, you know, I'm pretty good at taking back and choking people out. So um, if you've never seen my fights, it's kind of like what I'm, you know, what people see mostly. <laughs> Are you still working as as a teacher? I am. 
Okay. I'm a virtual school teacher. I teach algebra, and it is still uh, very much a full-time job. <laughs> so what are your students... Exactly my vacation week. <laughs> so what do, you, what do your students think of your other job? Like, do they, do they know about it? <laughs> it's funny, you know, um, with, the, with the position, I mean, I don't, I don't see a lot of them face-to-face. I do talk to them on the phone a lot. Um, I think a lot of them haven't... Um, you know, no, no, that they don't know about my other career. <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't, I don't advertise it much. You know, in that, in that part of my life. But I definitely have had students and parents. I talk to parents a lot too in this, uh, in this educational setting. Uh, you know, they reach out to, hey, I, I googled you, and um, you know, it's really cool. You know, it's uh, inspirational type of stuff. You know, that um, that I'm able to, to do that, and you know, a lot of I talk to a lot of you know my kids are high schoolers, so. I talk to them about what they're trying to do and, and you know, remind them that sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do to get to where you need to be, you know, and it's not always fun, but uh, I like to kind of motivate students with um, just the work ethic that it takes to get to get anywhere with any, any goal that you have, it doesn't matter if it's athletic or educational or career, it's, it's going to take work and um, sometimes, you know, just doing, <laughs> working hard, I try to promote that a lot. <laughs> Awesome. Well, a great interview. Thanks for sharing your story with us. And, uh, you know, in, incredible, obviously, uh, last couple of years and all the best on, on, on Saturday at Rogers Place. Enjoy that. Enjoy the experience of uh, being in Edmonton and competing in Edmonton. And thank you so much for your time. Of course. And I really and everyone listening. You know, it's, it's, always, it's awesome to be able to have the opportunity to share my story and You'll get to meet all these new people and have all these new fans. So uh, thank you so much. Right on. Great stuff there. Felicia Spencer, UFC 240 on Saturday. She will go up against Chris Cyborg in a women's featherweight belt. Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar going for the men's featherweight belt at Rogers Place. We're back after the break. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chad Inside Sports. Important announcement here. If you subscribe to the podcast, as we've told you before, and this in itself is enough reason to subscribe, you get a free canned ham. So what happened was, Kellen, when David Letterman did his show... He used to give out canned hams. They had too many of them. We got our hands on all the excess canned hams. And new special offer, you subscribe to the podcast, you get a pair of tickets to the first ever Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling championship match. Date ah. and time to be determined. There you go. Paper to house is what we like to call it in the industry. Do we have anything to give away tonight besides that? We're clear tonight? I think we're clear, yeah. We're clear tonight. We gave away some Eskimos tickets earlier in the week. That was pretty cool. So we got the the canned hams and tickets to the first ever Slaw championship match. How, how are we doing with the Slaw? We've come we've come a long way. I was going to ask you. We, we've talked about it a lot. <laughs> it, it all starts with an idea and a conversation. So I think we've made a lot of progress. We have We have two wrestlers verified on the text line. We've met neither one of them. Could be the same guy. For well, we do have a whiteboard and markers. Well, technically, that belongs to Course Entertainment, our employer. Yeah, I talked to them. It's <laughs> ours now, so it's all good. Kellen's just, Kellen's just looking around the office. That belongs to the slaw. That belongs to the slaw. That belongs to the slaw. Yeah. All good. 
Kellen's got a Kellen's got a collection of work items at home. No, you don't. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in. You can text 63630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. The email is insidesports at 630ched.com. Asks and Argos tomorrow. Guess who's back in town? There's the snap. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. There's your touchdown, Eskimos. 57 yards to the end zone. Riley drops back into his end zone about five yards. Now he unleashes downfield, and that is complete. Oh, big gainer. Look at Darrell Walker go down the field. He's at the 20. 10-5. Touchdown, Eskimos. What a way to start the game. The Eskimos score first on a bomb. Riley to Darrell Walker. Riley looks. He's going over the top, and that is complete. Touchdown, Eskimos. Darrell Walker. Darrell Walker left the Eskimos in free agency in the offseason. Going to the Toronto Argos, who of course are struggling at 0-5. Walker on the year, 23 catches for 398 yards. You know his story with the green and gold. It's a very good receiver. Huge 2016 season. 109 catches for 1,589 yards. And He's commenting on being back in Edmonton. It's, it's, it's emotional, no doubt. Uh, you know, as everyone knows, I spent my majority of my career here, so you know, uh, I made this place home. So it's a bittersweet moment, but you know, other than that, nice to always be back, and you know, I get to play against the Eskimos now. So you know, that's 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 something that's a new experience for me, for uh, no doubt. But I'm looking forward to it, and um, positive about the week of preparation, and um, I'm just looking forward to going out there and just doing what I do. Oh man, I mean. Yeah, they have a lot of new people on the roster. I mean, I didn't really go into the room. I was just talking to uh, to the equipment manager, Weezy. You know, uh, we uh, call him Pops. You know, um, he's been around this organization for a while, so got a lot of love and respect for him. Um, a good friend of mine as well. So, you know, I had to go um, holler at him real quick. Had to do that. We're getting closer and closer to what we're uh, aiming to reach every week. So, uh, I mean, the past few weeks, as you know, haven't been as we expected, but um, we're continuing to be positive and continue to go out there and work hard every week. The only thing we know is to continue to work hard. That's the only way uh, I feel like the problem would be fixed is just continue to <clears throat> try to solve the problems and, um, and apply hard work and just go out there and do what we do. I usually let my game speak for itself, but uh, I mean, I'm, if, if I'm ever in a position to where I feel like I have to speak up or say anything like that along that line to, to help lead the group or motivate the group, then I definitely will take that step. But as you know, we have a great veteran, SJ Green, within within our group, so you know, I feel like he manages and does it, does it very well, which he's, a, he's one of them guys that, you know, he's a leader, but speaks up when he has to as well. Darrell Walker now of the Toronto Argos. Now he uh, is, is losing a cohort in the receiving court. Armante Edwards on the one-game DL for the Argos. He has 353 yards on the season. And running back James Wilder Jr. also out for the Argos. So Brandon Burks is going to carry the mail there. And as you heard earlier for the Eskimos, C.J. Gable on the one-game DL. Shaq Cooper will be your running back. Started a couple games for the green and gold last season. So that'll be interesting to see how he handles the run game and all the blocking assignments that come along with that. 6 o'clock tomorrow, game at 7.30 here on 6.30. Chad, 6 o'clock is for the countdown to kickoff. Roadhammer is listening tonight, and he texts texts in. He says, I'm ready for my first match anytime you guys are ready to throw it. Something tells me I'm going to be champion for a long time, LOL. He also says, I have designed my own championship belt. I will send you guys a picture of early next week when I get back into town. I want to meet Roadhammer. There you go. He's 
he is our first champion. Kellen, what, mm. what are the, what, what's one thing, advice, you, what's one piece of advice? You've you got you to gotta stand out. Yeah, every, larger every from, than life. Every from your, your little kid, you got to stand out. Yeah. You gotta be, maybe you got to be different. you got to be noticed. I just thought of a way for the slaw to be noticed. Okay. We could be the only alliance of wrestling. Well, first of all, we already stand out because we're the only alliance of wrestling stationed in Sylvan Lake. Yes. Advantage number one. What if we were the only wrestling alliance to never actually stage bouts? That would make us pretty unique. We'd, have, we'd yeah. have champions, we'd have wrestlers, we'd have we'd have organizers. We just would never actually have have wrestling cards. I think it's it happened before, unique. but not recently. So well, but we would be doing it intentionally. We wouldn't be doing it because we ran out of money and folded. I don't think they've ever had it happen <laughs> intentionally. Yes, I think uh, that's definitely a unique way of doing it. So, Roadhammer, uh, you are a wonderful human being. Uh, we will we will talk later. I don't. I don't think Friday is going to work. He's, he's already trying to book an in-studio <laughs> appearance. I don't think this Friday is going to work. I, I, we have some of the show booked already, but we should meet something in the afternoon and make a little video or something like that. Uh, I picture Roadhammer like one of those, uh, like the Legion of Doom guys from the WWF yeah, back know. in the day, like Hawk and Animal. You know. I think. Uh, I think Roadhammer, judging from his uh, sense of humor and his text, I, I think we'd uh, probably have a lot in common. There you know. Maybe he's even going to Def Leppard on Monday. Hey, there you go. No reply from the pizza delivery guy who is the uh, challenger. This texture says, has the top 10 list come in from the home office in Paradise Hill, Saskatchewan yet? Well, we've, we've stole, we have stolen Letterman's canned hams where we won't steal any of his home offices. That, that would be Paradise mm. Hill, wonderful community. Now, what's the vintage uh, on Cal those canned hams? Is from, uh, Cal Nichols is from around Paradise Hill. Ah, there we go. Yeah. What's the year on the canned hams? Well, they're like extremely old, but okay. they were built. They were made in the eighties. The the canned hams are supposed to survive a nuclear war. Gotcha. That's an absolute. <laughs> that's an absolute fact that I just thought of right now. Fair enough. But they, if you buy, why else are you buying uh, ham in a can if not for long term food provisions, such as good point nuclear war, zombie takeover. Um, giant monster attack. <laughs> Anything out of a science fiction movie. Alien invasion, certainly. So you're in your bunker, and it's like, oh no, the aliens are uh, scorching the earth. we got to get in the bunker. What do we have to eat down there? Mm. Don't worry, Gladys, I have 40 canned hams. Well, they might all everybody's get... wife is named Gladys. Yeah, they might all get turned loose here with all this Area 51 stuff if that group breaks in and, you know... Opens up the cases, right? That's so. a compelling story. That's one of the most interesting things of, of this summer. It's interesting, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for agreeing with me, Kelly. <laughs> you, you, you are a beautiful man. Uh, how Are you working? The, what are you doing tomorrow? Going to the game or are you working here? No, I'll be here. I'll be here producing Where game, so. are your worry pants for this game? Uh, not as high as they were with Montreal. I kind of had that feeling the way Montreal has been kind of building up the, the the past few weeks and that stuff, and the momentum was kind of swinging their way that, okay, this could be the the, the one that uh, we lose. I didn't expect the Eskies to lose it in that fashion. Um, yeah, I they couldn't it was, get it going, eh? They yeah, just I, I just get it going. thought it was too similar to the Winnipeg loss is what it is, but I think that well, they'll win. Well, the thing tomorrow, is, though, so. they outgained Winnipeg drastically. Right. They, I can't remember what the yard. I mean, they they had okay stats against Montreal. Montreal had hit a few big plays. Penalties hurt the Eskimos. I, I mean, look, 
obviously the Eskimos are favored tomorrow. They got to go out there and do the job. Even even with the injury to Gable, Devaris Daniels is out. Forest Hightower is out. So there are some challenges. There are some injuries mounting. Matt O'Donnell's out. They got Travis Bond coming in tomorrow. But you have to favor them, and the Argos have looked very very poor. It is going to be. I think we'll have some uh, upset people calling and texting in on Friday if the Eskimos do not win tomorrow. I think home field, too, is huge. I think it's ba- uh, big for the Eskies to finally come back after that uh, extended road trip there. Well, here's a, here's something that we have to keep an eye on to see how this season goes for the Eskimos. And they have changed a lot of players. They changed a lot of the coaching staff. But sometimes trends continue. Last season, 7-2 and two on the road. Pardon me, seven and two at home, two and seven on the road. Right. This year, two and zero oh at home, one and two on the road, and the two losses they don't score, and they just can't. They can't quite click. So, look, they win a. They they go four and five on the road last year. Still not a very good road record. They're in the playoffs, and maybe even their second. And you have a home game depending on who they would have beat. So I, I think. That's something that's that's creeping in from last season that has me a, a little bit concerned. But but again, you would have to favor them against the Argos. Uh, this texter writing in, he says, uh, "Read my wife's cooking wouldn't necessarily survive a nuclear war, but it might be just as deadly." Oh my! Vic says the Eskimos win by two touchdowns tomorrow. Texting six thirty six thirty. I sure hope so. You know what? Uh, we got we actually have a pretty. Well, it's it's an interesting topic. It, it is serious. It's a little further discussion about the the story that came out last week about the man charged with selling jerseys with fake Connor McDavid autographs. For a little more on the, the forgery issue in the memorabilia business, when we get back, we will talk to the president of Upper Deck, Jason Moshera. He's coming up. You're listening to 6:30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. New Oilers assistant coaches Brian Wiseman spent the last seven seasons as an assistant at the University of Michigan. So Oilers prospect Cooper Marodi played for him there. He was so instrumental in developing my skills each day, watching video with me, and really pushing me to be the best player that I could be each day. Even if I had a phenomenal weekend, I scored a couple goals, had a couple assists. At Monday's practice, he was expecting me to be an elite leader, an elite player, and play the best of my ability. So I know myself and the other guys on the team are really going to enjoy having him as a skill development person to, to work with and also you know, just watching video, breaking down shifts, and, and things like that. He's such a knowledgeable hockey player. He was a really skilled player himself when he played. So he had so much value, not only on the ice, but off the ice and developing relationships with each player. And uh, he's going to bring so much to the organization. Cooper Marodi, Oilers prospect, played six games in the NHL last season. He was on the show last night. Really good interview. Also talked about his new country music single called Behind Me, the full interview 
on uh, the podcast for Inside Sports or on 630Ched.com. All right, just want to uh, get a little further insight here on this story that came out last week about Edmonton police charging a man after a number of people were sold Oilers jerseys with fake Connor McDavid autographs. I am pleased to welcome to Inside Sports the president of Upper Deck, Jason Moshera. Jason, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks a lot for checking in tonight. And uh, obviously, we, we want to dive into uh, Upper Deck's perspective and I guess some advice for what we saw the story here last week with some forged Connor McDavid items. But, but before before we get into that, just to sort of set the table, can you just give us, and I know Upper Deck's been around a while, but maybe just refresh for everybody, Upper Deck's uh, involvement sort of in the memorabilia and, and trading card market. Like, you know, what, what are we talking about for sort of quantity and variety of items? You know, it, it's a great question. You know, we've been doing hockey trading cards since since 1990. But what a lot of people don't know is we've been authenticating autograph memorabilia since 1991. Uh, we started in hockey with Wayne Gretzky back then. Gretzky's been a, a longtime exclusive partner uh, of Upper Deck. Um, but during that, that time, um, in 1991, Upper Deck patented a, a five-step authentication process. And to this day, it's still the best authentication process for autograph memorabilia. Um, and, uh, you know, we really tout that process for allowing the customer to, to be confident that when they're buying something Upper Deck authenticated, it's real. So can you give us this sort of, I, I know there's probably a visual component to this and, and we're on radio, yeah. but give me some of the keys of that authentication process. Yeah, no problem. I, I think it's uh, it's key to understand some of that. So every autograph signing we do is witnessed by an Upper Deck employee. Um, the athlete and the Upper Deck employee both sign affidavits um, documenting the, the time and the day of the signing. And then what's really key to everything is that there are matching holograms. So there's a hologram that's placed on the item. Um, in this case, we'll talk about Connor McDavid jerseys. There would be a, a hologram with a serial number on the jersey. And then there's a corresponding certificate of authenticity that has a corresponding hologram, a matching hologram with the number as well. So you have the hologram on the item, the hologram on the certificate. And then the other big piece of that is you can actually go on our website type in that serial number and it will give you the information on that piece who it was signed by um, what that item is and in many cases in most cases it will show you a picture of the item as well okay so a lot of safeguards there so if something if if a consumer feels something is is fishy even after they do all that or maybe as they're doing all that what would you say? Should they contact Upper Deck? Should it be straight to the police? What's if if something smells funny to them? What would you recommend? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a couple different things. I think one of the most important points that I haven't seen in all the media reports around the Connor McDavid jersey issue is that Connor has been an exclusive memorabilia signer with Upper Deck since 2016. So if you have an item that doesn't have an Upper Deck authentication behind it, that should be your first indication that there might be a problem. Um, you know, he, he does, you know, he rarely signs things outside of Upper Deck. Of course, he'll sign for a kid here and there at, uh, at an Oilers event. Um, but the majority of autographs that he signed 
have been upper, upper deck authenticated. So that's your first clue that, that there's a problem. Um, if you suspect that there's an issue with an upper deck product, yeah, you can call our customer service team and they will walk through it and make sure that that is a legit item. In. And they'll be able to tell you whether they can authenticate it or not. Jason Moshra joining us on Inside Sports. He's the president of uh, of Upper Deck. You know, Jason, I, I got to ask you this question this way. And I mean, look, I, I spend a lot of my working life and life away from work talking to talking to sports fans, and and you know about the passion of sports fans, about Oilers fans, and. You know, I know some people, you know, maybe maybe they don't have a lot put away, but they, they'll save to buy that signed stick or jersey or card. It, I mean, just on a personal level, it, it must break your heart to see something happen like, like came out in Edmonton last week, right? Because these are your customers, and these are people who love the Oilers, who love Connor McDavid or whatever their team of choice is, and, and their hard-earned dollars are, are being taken away by someone doing something dishonest. Yeah, no, you know, and it's not only important to Upper Deck, but I think it's also important to know it's very important to, to Connor as well. You know, Connor signed that deal with us to make sure that his fans, if they're going to spend money on his autographs, that they are getting an authenticated piece of, of memorabilia that he signed and they're not being scammed. Um, so, you know, it is hard because you know, people save their money and that's their big purchase and they want to put it on their wall. They want to put it on their desk. You know, they want to really cherish that. And for them to find out it's not real is heartbreaking, which, you know, is why we, we try to get the message out that, Hey, you know, Connor's stuff needs to, you need to see an upper deck authenticated hologram. Otherwise you should be highly, highly suspect of the item. Okay. Jason, before I let you go, I'll, I'll just kind of throw it out uh, generally. You're the expert on this. Anything else you would want collectors, fans uh, to know before I let you go? You know, I, I think uh, all collectors need to be wary of buying autographs if they don't know where they come from. Um, you know, you need to make sure you're either buying them from the original source or you really do your due diligence on it. If you're going to spend the money, and make that type of investment, um, whether it's you know for an investment or for just personal, you know, make sure you do your due diligence and make sure that that it is real and it comes from a trusted source. Okay, well, r- really appreciate your time, Jason. I, I mean, this is this is important, and I, and I think it's something a lot of people are are paying a, a lot more attention to after this story came out last week. Uh, let, let people know, uh, up, give Upper Deck a Google. I mean, you guys are all over the the, the web if they want to look <laughs> at your stuff and, and read more. Yeah, you can uh, go to UpperDeckStore.com and and look at the products. And if you're in the Edmonton area. Uh, we work with uh, some of the trading card stores and memorabilia stores there. Uh, Wayne's and West both sell uh, Upper Deck authenticated uh, Connor McDavid and Wayne Gretzky items, uh, as well as uh, Poamp Sports. Excellent stuff. Jason, thanks for checking in tonight on Inside Sports. Really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks for having me, and, and you know, hopefully we, we can shed some light on what's going on out there. Well, he did that for sure. Jason Moshra is the president of uh, Upper Deck. We're getting the big wigs to talk about this story. So, I, you know, we touched on this before. If you're buying 
merch from somebody else with a signature, uh, you got to be careful there. He outlined some ways to to check it out ahead of time and mentioned some of the uh, the retailers in Edmonton that are trusted sources for Upper Deck. So definitely some things to watch for. Absolutely. All right. Tomorrow in this time slot, you will be hearing football. Six o'clock for the countdown to kick off. The game begins at 7.30 as the Eskimos host the Argos. The Blue Jays lost 4 nothing to Cleveland. Bieber with a complete game shutout. Shane Bieber. He allowed just one hit. And at REMAX Field tonight, top of the third, no score. Prospects taking on Medicine Hat. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Our studio producer is the one and only Kellen Kennedy. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Go Esks. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.